You are listening to Herpes 101, the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. My name is Richard Mancuso, and I am the host of Herpes 101, the podcast. And today, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about an amino acid that many people with herpes are familiar with. It's called lysine. Herpes, the final frontier. These are the voyages of getting better, possibly learning something new, and maybe feeling better about yourself. I mean, I'm just saying, anything is possible. Well, that was not dramatic at all, was it? <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. Okay, so before we begin, I need to mention a little bit of a disclaimer. When you're thinking about going to the store and purchasing supplements or vitamins or anything that you hear in this particular podcast... Before you do anything, please seek medical advice from your doctor or medical practitioner before taking any vitamin, herb, supplement, or even any supplements that include amino acids that we're talking about today. I'm not a doctor or a scientist. I am just sharing information from medical professionals and from scientists. So before you go taking anything, please check with your doctor. Okay, now that's out of the way. Let's talk about lysine. Many who suffer from herpes will try almost anything to alleviate outbreaks or symptoms. This includes taking supplements and sometimes vitamins. One of these supplements is very popular with people who have herpes. It's called lysine. Now, lysine is very important and it actually plays into a lot of different things that happen within your body, lowering cholesterol, and absorbing calcium, which helps the form of collagen, which aids in the growth and maintenance of bones and connective tissue. As a natural disease-fighting agent, lysine benefits the human body in a variety of ways, many of which are only recently undergoing research. So you're still a little unsure? Well, that's okay. You should be. You should always be a little skeptical and unsure. It's a healthy way to be. So because of that skepticism, I decided to dig a little bit deeper, and now we're gonna talk about a few different studies. The interesting thing between these studies is that there were measurable differences that they found in each one when they compared all three. Now, this may be due in part to the difference between the actual dosage of lysine used. Um, could be absorption. I tend to think it has more to do with the amount of dosage, but that's just me. Now, one study used lysine at 400 milligrams, and the other two studies were at 1,000. Now, while these results were minimal, 
these points are definitely worth mentioning. In the second study, outbreak episodes were shown to be diminished in severity and in healing time due to taking lysine at 1000 milligrams. And the last study, which is the third one, more patients were reoccurrence free during lysine than during placebo treatment. So this small but measurable difference is worth mentioning and may be also of some interest to those who suffer on a regular basis. But such a small benefit may not be even noticed by individuals taking the supplement without the proper placebo measurement. So always check with your doctor before taking any of these supplements. Now the study at 400 milligrams showed no substantial benefit to taking lysine. Pretty crazy, right? So there's a lot of talk about lysine in the groups and a lot of talk online will say that there is a huge benefit. However, during the study, they found it to be almost non-existent. So they carried out a double-blind placebo-controlled trial of oral lysine, about 400 milligrams, three times a day, in a group of 21 patients in good general health with a history of reoccurring infection, which means they kept getting outbreaks. So using the measures of the episode frequency, duration, and severity, they were unable to detect a substantial benefit to taking lysine at that amount. So they conclude that it is unlikely that lysine improves frequent recurrent herpes simplex infections in the majority of patients. However, the other study that they did is even more interesting. That one showed better results at a higher dosage, but only an average of 2.4 less occurrences of outbreaks, which isn't really great unless your average outbreaks are maybe two a month or more. Uh, Double-blind placebo controlled uh, for the prevention and treatment of reoccurrent herpes. So they conducted the treatment, they did the study, the group was given lysine at 1,000 milligrams per dose three times a day for six months. A total of 27 people, six male and 24, uh, 21 female subjects on lysine and 25, which is six male and 19 female subjects on the placebo. And what they found was that the lysine treatment group had an average of 2.4 less infections and symptoms were significantly less. They diminished in severity and healing time was significantly reduced. Pretty interesting. So lysine appears to be an effective agent for reduction of occurrence, severity and healing time at 1000 milligrams three times a day. Now, the other study showed similar results. Lysine has an inhibitory effect on the multiplication of herpes simplex of the virus in cell cultures. And they have evaluated the prophylactic effect of lysine 1,000 milligrams a day on recurrent herpes uh, patients in about 65 people. And this was done in a double-blind placebo. And after 12 weeks of lysine treatments, the patients shifted to the placebo treatment for a similar period. And on the whole, lysine had no effect on the re reoccurrence rates of herpes simplex. However, and significantly more patients were reoccurrence free during lysine than on the placebo treatment. So this is suggesting that certain patients may benefit from taking lysine. Um, 
Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. So there are going to be some people who are going to benefit from taking lysine. Now, I am personally aware of several individuals who cannot take lysine because it actually causes outbreaks. I have no idea why. I don't really even understand that. Maybe it has to do with absorption or who knows? I have no idea. But when we talk about lysine, we cannot ignore another amino acid which goes by the name arginine. Arginine is an amino acid which encourages the herpes simplex virus to replicate. Lysine, on the other hand, can help treat HSV due to its well-researched immune-enhancing and tissue healing properties. However, blood serum arginine levels should be low for effective inhibition, allowing lysine to work. Once infected, controlling herpes reoccurrences through diet is based on a person's ability to regulate their lysine-arginine balance. Seems odd, but it works. Okay, so what does that all that mumbo jumbo mean? Well, in a nutshell, Lysine works kind of similar to taking antivirals. It's simply inhibiting the virus's ability to reproduce on not a high level, but on a decent level. And arginine is an amino acid that kind of aggravates things. It kind of allows the virus to emerge. Think of it like you're kind of feeding it in a way. So when you look at these two amino acids and you're looking at your diet, it's really just kind of, hmm, well, you got to do a balance. You got to look at the balance between the two. Now you're going to go online and you're going to find a lot of people saying, oh, well, you need to have all lysine and no arginine. Well, that's not true. You need to have some of most of these amino acids. And even though high levels of arginine are bad for you because they increase herpes outbreaks, it doesn't mean you don't need it. You need it, but there's a better way to do it. So my suggestion to you is that if you think that you are having food triggers in some of the things that you're eating, which are triggering your herpes outbreaks, it could be a really good idea to sit back and make a calendar for yourself. Write down everything that you're eating, and then at the end of the day, you go online and you type in, let's say you had chicken, or you had peas, or you had mashed potatoes, whatever it was, even, even chocolate. You can actually Google chocolate, herpes, arginine and there's going to be some websites that are going to give you the breakdown of lysine and arginine in each of those foods that you're eating as an example and don't quote me on this because i may be wrong but if you do something like chicken let's just say it has 1400 milligrams of lysine i don't know that that's correct but let's just say for argument's sake but when you look it up it says 1800 
of arginine. Now, when you see something like that, you're like, oh my God, I got to stop eating chicken. No, that's not true. Don't stop eating chicken if you like chicken. You just have to supplement your diet with foods that are higher in lysine than they are in arginine. We're talking about a really nice balance. And you are going to turn into a bit of a scientist on yourself. I know, it sounds crazy. But sometimes the simplest things are the easiest things to answer. Now, here's the downside. The downside of this theory is achieving the correct balance of arginine and lysine through diet alone can be difficult. And for some people, it may be restrictive. Furthermore, there is research to suggest that upsetting this delicate balance of these two amino acids may decrease your natural immunity. Arginine, previously thought of as a non-essential and now reclassified to semi-essential amino acid, has been shown to be important for enhancing the immune response. So removing arginine completely from your diet may be harmful and may actually cause more herpes outbreaks. Pretty crazy. Now, to those of you who do not wish to go to the doctor or talk to a professional before buying supplements, again, I need to reiterate the idea of actually speaking with your physician or even just calling them and say, hey, listen, I'm thinking about taking this product. Is it safe? What's your opinion? Because there are side effects with almost everything. You know, with lysine, some of the side effects include gastrointestinal distress, pain, diarrhea, abdominal pain, especially if you're taking too much. Now, typically this will happen when you're taking excessive amounts or your personal tolerance may be different from other people. You know, you'll hear people say, oh, well, I take, you know, a thousand a day or I take 2000 a day. And when I get an outbreak, I take a little more and I'm fine. But meanwhile, you try it and you feel terrible. So please be careful. There are also risks with kidney disease from supplementation with lysine. Uh, unfortunately, lysine has caused some serious kidney problems. And if you suffer from kidney disease and you're not aware of it, and you begin dosing heavy amounts of lysine, you can cause a lot of damage. So please check with your doctor before you start self-dosing. And always do your own research as I have done to give you a little bit here. Um, if you really want to dig in to what we've talked about today, you can go to the link in my link tree, or you can go directly to asking for a friend at askingforafriend.us, click on articles, and go to an article called A Little About Lysine. You will find all the scientific references of everything that we've been talking about, and probably a lot more than you didn't even think was available. Well, that's all the time I have today. And I just want to thank you for listening. And please stay tuned for more episodes. You have been listening to Herpes 101, the podcast. <laughs>